This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by The Path, the coach-guided membership designed to help you make alcohol small and relevant in your life by removing your true desire to grab that next drink. Our science-based, compassion-led program allows you not only to shift your behavior and your relationship around alcohol, but more importantly, uncover and reprogram your subconscious conditioning and neural connections that have been keeping you stuck for years. With daily live breakthrough coaching, an intimate and supportive community, regular peer-to-peer connection calls, and a complete vault of resources, this is where your path to total freedom and effortless enjoyment of your new way of life begins. Join us at NakedMindPath.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. And I am here with Lisa. Welcome, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Annie. How are you? Really good. It's, it's not, you know, negative degrees here, so I'm, I'm happy it's warmer. Yay. Um, so why don't you sort of walk me back to kind of the beginning of your drinking journey? Take me back to the, the early days. Where did it all start for you? Gosh, it's, it's funny because I don't, I don't really remember. Um, I'm, I was born in 1958. And I was one of a family of five, um, five kids in the family. And we lived in sort of post-war New Zealand, had a a great upbringing, um, lots of running around doing healthy things. And um, but I know I grew up with an awareness that my mother had a problem with alcohol, although I don't recall seeing her drink really. It wasn't, alcohol wasn't part of our um, daily life that I recall as we were growing up, but it was kind of there. And I, yeah, I remember going to parties as a teenager and certainly there was alcohol around, but I don't think, I don't think like it is now for young people. Um, you know, the, 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 the boys would take a crate of beer and I think sometimes, you know, there was a bottle of cold duck or something. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't much wine around in those days. Um, but I don't recall really drinking um, very much at all. I went to university and was very, very homesick. I went away um, to... Um, the South Island in New Zealand and I do recall um, probably my first alcohol experience was with a bottle of whiskey Um, and that ended really badly (laughs) and I've never touched whiskey since. Um, I don't yeah I don't think that that alcohol was around around all that much but I think what happened for me was what I what I did that year was I found nicotine. And despite having been kind of rabidly opposed to smoking as a as a younger teenager, that first cigarette 
um, when I was in my sort of the stress of exams, being away from home, um, being quite unhappy, was just like, oh, yes, <laughs> you know, I, I like that. And I was, I was hooked to nicotine quite, quite quickly. And that, that was the, the drug that I used to deal with stress for the next 12 years or so. Um, and alcohol also crept into my life during that time. Um, I formed a relationship um, quite young. I was 19 um, and had a busy, busy life. Um, we bought some land and um, out in the middle of nowhere and built a house and well, built two houses actually. Yeah. Um, had a couple of, well, had one, one baby. And through that time, um, I, managed, I managed stress largely by smoking. And all that time worried about the smoking. I smoked through my first pregnancy and felt terrible about it. Um, and I, I think I also started to drink a bit. And, and I know thinking back, um, family, family occasions became increasingly um, involving reasonably large amounts of alcohol. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I wasn't drinking daily. But but when I did drink, I was quite often drinking more than more than probably was good for me. But but you know it it still felt it still felt normal, and it's what people did. I mean that that period between my teens and my sort of thirties was the time that wine wine really took off. Um, you know. It, Suddenly, there was a lot of wine around. Um, you could buy it in cardboard boxes. <laughs> you could drink quite a lot without really knowing how much you were drinking. And and that, yeah, it it just it it was just normal. You know, that's that's what you did. Mm -hmm. um, I when I was pregnant with my second child, I actually had a um, a stillbirth. And I had an, another horrible thing happened while I was pregnant. And I said to myself, um, you've got to stop smoking because if anything happens to this baby, you will never forgive yourself. Mm. And that did happen. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, you know, the, the shame, the, the trauma of it really, I guess, it, yeah. I guess it was, thinking back. Um, and so you blamed was, yourself? I completely blamed myself, yeah, that I had killed my baby. Um, mm. so I, I actually haven't talked about this before. Um, so, but it, it is, it's part of the journey. Um, and, yeah. Losing, losing that baby, you know, I just wanted another baby. That was, 
you know that that's what felt necessary and urgent but clearly I wasn't going to smoke <laughs> and and interestingly I mean I didn't drink either I mean I know nothing nothing entered my body that was in any way harmful um throughout that next pregnancy but after I had that baby that's when I think the alcohol started to become um, an issue, an issue for me. So I was 32, 33, something like that. And, and I know by then that nightly glass of wine uh, was just part of the routine. You know, you, you, get, you get through the day and that's the treat. And it became very much part of cooking dinner. Um, and definitely part of, of my sort of wider family um, events and probably quantities that were more than, more than were great. But, um, but it, was, it was such a slow progression you know, I mean, at that point, I, I, you know, I wasn't worried about it. It was just, um, it's, it's what you do, and it was normal, and I wasn't suffering a lot of ill effects, and it probably was usually one or two glasses of wine, but, you know, sometimes it would be much more, but not that often. I think by, um, sorry, <laughs> by my mid-40s, I was probably aware that my drinking was getting problematic. I do recall there was a time where I was, um, I was commuting for a job and I was spending two days in Wellington. Um, and I found myself hiding bottles of wine. Um, I, I had a place I stayed while I was, while I was there. And I, I think at that point I was drinking probably half a bottle of wine a day because I, I had half a bottle to, to hide um, for the next time. And then, so yeah, that was sort of 2005-ish. And it just kind of ticked up um, until um, my relationship broke down um, in a in a messy kind of way. And I, I you know, alcohol had something to do with that. Um, my partner wasn't a drinker. Um, and 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 I definitely started to drink more once I was living on my own. Mm -hmm. um, it started to get messy, uh, and but I didn't. At that point, I, I it kind of felt like that was my sanity, you know. That um, yeah, it, it was what made life okay. So why would I want to stop? Yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't doing any obvious harm. I wasn't drinking and driving. 
um, it wasn't impacting on my work performance. It probably was impacting on, on my relationship with my kids. Um, you know, I don't think any kids wants to see a messy parent and I was a messy parent. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that wasn't great. I then um, entered a new relationship and my um, partner, now my husband, and I made the um, <laughs> probably in retrospect stupid decision to buy a bar and restaurant. Mm. Um, <laughs> and uh, and we we live we still we still live there. We live on site. And I um yeah, so I, I was now in an environment where um I was selling alcohol. I um, was surrounded by alcohol and I was quite stressed. Um, we both had other jobs as well. It was, it, it's been tough, you know, hospitality is a tough business and, um, and certainly my drinking became more problematic. Um, again, there was, there was never a rock bottom but by 2018, um, I was every day waking up with a hangover and thinking, you know, I can't do this. This is this is awful. Um, I had I had days where I would sort of plot out my route to work because bizarrely where I live um, when they do alcohol checkpoints it tends to be in the morning because they bring the police into our rural area sort of once a week so and I would think oh you know I might be over the limit and you know perhaps if I take all these back routes it just might be safer mm -hmm. um I, I think it was starting to impact on my work performance I mean I felt I felt like shit most of the time, I would um, go home. I would, I would, you know, I'll say I'm only going to have one. I'm going to have a drink of, you know, I'll have one glass of wine, then I'll have water. I'd have one. I'd drink it really fast. You know, I'd just about inhale the stuff. Um, there was never just one. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I would, I would say. I, I tended to buy my wine, um, even though I'm surrounded by it, because I didn't want anyone to know how much I was drinking. But then I, then I would I would get rid of that bottle and I'd be off to, down to the grog shed to find another bottle of the cheapest plonk that <laughs> that I could find. And it, yeah, it was it was a really horrible place to be. Um, just feeling compelled to to go on in this this treadmill of abusing myself mm. with with this horrible alcohol and and feeling you know despite being a successful supposedly intelligent um, you know, woman who who had everything there was this thing in my life that I just could not control. Yeah. That was controlling me. 
and um yeah so that yeah that that was when i started to think i need to do something but a i was um i owned a bar you know admitting admitting that i was doing things like sneaking out the back to scull a glass of wine when i was you know <laughs> supposedly um i make it clear i was never in the bar drunk um but you know sometimes i would be doing doing something else and you know i i would just make sure pop out and have a glass of wine quickly and before i went back and carried on with whatever it was um and I made sure that I wasn't in the bar very often, so I didn't have to worry about it. Um, yeah, I think that the turning point came when, also during that that time, both my parents died, um, and there was a whole lot of family stuff went on that that was quite difficult. Um, just before my father's funeral, I was out running with my dog at night, about 10 o'clock at night, obviously not very sober. And I managed to trip over the dog and um, fell, probably because I'd had too much to drink, and injured my leg. And I, I had to go to the doctor and I've been suffering from heartburn quite badly. And seeing as I was at the doctor anyway, I said to her, look, I've got these, this pain in my chest. And she sort of went, oh, you know, this woman's having a heart attack. I said, no, 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 I'm sure it's not that. I think it's just heartburn. And she, she asked me about my drinking. And I've been asked that question before, but I'd lied. You know, I'd said, no, no. No, I don't drink very much. Um, but on this occasion, I said, look, I actually drink far too much and I don't know what to do about it. And she, this, it was a, an emergency doctor. And she sort of said, well, you should do something about it. Go and do something about it. Um, the next time I went to see my own GP, she saw the notes from this emergency consult and she said to me what about you drinking and I I said you know I was honest I said look I'm really I'm really worried about it uh, I don't know what to do I'm not going to go to any local service because as, as well as owning the bar I had a job in the local health services as a, a sort of a, a management position so there was no way that I was going to be seeing anyone locally. Um, she she was going to refer me to someone in a city close by, but that never happened. But she started to bug me about it. And she actually said to me, you're an alcoholic. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, no, I'm not. <laughs> but... but for some reason, the, 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 that very bald statement was enough to make me think, yeah, 
I know I am. And it's funny, I hadn't, I hadn't even done the, the online, I hadn't even Googled, am I an alcoholic? Because it was like, if I, if I put that into a search engine, that's telling the world. Um, so I, I'd stayed off any, um, yeah, any Facebook groups or anything because it was, it was a completely private, horrible hell that I wasn't going to share with anyone. But then um, towards, so this is 2018, and, and towards the end of 2018, despite me never Googling anything to do with alcohol, um, I started to get ads from you, Annie, for the intensive. And I looked at it and I can't remember the price, but in New Zealand dollars, it was pretty expensive. I think it was something like $1,300. And I, I had tried a couple of other things that hadn't made any difference. Oh, well, there's no point spending $1,300 on something that's not going to work because nothing mm. works, you know. I, I, I really thought I had two choices. And one was that I was going to drink myself to death, which was starting to seem quite imminent, really. Um, I was 60 by now. Or the other choice was I was going to spend the rest of my life as a recovering alcoholic, being mm. deprived of the thing that seemed so necessary to, to me. And neither of those things seemed at all attractive. You know, I really felt like this, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. But, but yeah, I was, I was interested in kind of what you had to say. And I, I thought, well, that's, yeah, too expensive, but I'll keep an eye on it. And then, and then towards the end of that year, when things, things were really getting very bad for me, I was drinking a lot every day. My relationship was suffering. Um, my health was suffering. It was, it was dire. Um, and, and then you started to advertise for the alcohol experiment, the first live alcohol experiment. And that was what, $47, I think. Really? <laughs> And I, well, that's only a couple of bottles of wine. So, you know, I've, I've got nothing much to lose. So I did pre-order your book and I signed up. And with absolutely no expectation that anything was going to change because this, this was just a trap that I was stuck in. Um, and I didn't... I can't remember when the book arrived, but the 1st of January came along and because, because in the States you're behind us, the 1st of January was, I was thinking, well, it's not the 1st of January in the States yet, so I don't have to worry about it today. Yeah, That was a good excuse. 2nd of January, I, I did, I hadn't, still hadn't opened the book, hadn't, I don't think even looked at the first video. Um, but I did, I did, I think only have two glasses of wine. So I was kind of feeling a bit aware. Um, 3rd of January, I still hadn't opened the book or 
done anything, but um, something happened, some trivial little event that gave me an excuse to go and drink a whole bottle of wine and probably then some. And um, I woke up with a monumental hangover on the 4th of January and, and thought, oh, you know, I cannot go on doing this to myself. So I did open the book on the 4th of January and started to read it. And um, I, yeah, I started to watch the videos. I caught up on the, the three days and it all made sense. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I think the, the, the hugest thing for me was just uh, realizing I wasn't alone. You know, this wasn't just me. It's not my private hell. I wasn't broken. Um, and that the community was amazing. Um, I think, you know, at, at that point for me, the, the anonymity of it was really important. Uh, the fact that, that these were people who were not in my small town judging me. These were people all around the world um, who didn't care how much I drank at all. And, and yeah, I mean, I just, it, it was, it was like finding a key to, to, yeah, to get out of that hell, you know. So I didn't, uh, and, and that's the last alcoholic drink I've had on the 4th of January, 2019, 3rd of January, that's 2019. Awesome. That's so great. Yeah, it, 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 it's, I mean, it literally, felt like a miracle absolutely that's amazing and so how has it been it's it's been an amazing journey it it, it really has like i mean obviously that the first few days were a bit rough you know i think i went to bed at eight o'clock um because I just you know how do I get through an evening without this drinking um I drank an awful lot of alcohol-free beer for a while and ate a lot of sugar um but 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 it was doable no it, it wasn't it it wasn't that hard and um and so, so quickly, life was better, even though I didn't sleep very well for quite a long time. Um, you know, just, just having a clear head. You know, I got to the point that, you know, I, I run, kind of run walk these days, every morning with my dog. And, you know, I, I kept doing that regardless of how much I drank, because actually that that was kind of the only way I got myself up and going in the morning. But sometimes I thought, you know, I was going to have a stroke or something. It was just, I felt, my head felt so, so dreadful. I'm constantly fuzzy. Um, yeah, just not functioning properly at all. And, and the, the joy of, of waking 
without that feeling and being aware of the birds singing and um, my sense of smell coming back. Um, you know, all, all your senses just yeah. are so much sharper. And it's, it, it, it was like life um, just coming back into focus. So, yeah, I think, you know, really quickly I... I knew I just didn't ever want to take the risk of going back into that place again. So I, I, I didn't ever toy with moderation. Mm -hmm. you know, I just, and I think, I mean, quite, quite quickly, I, I managed to, 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 not see any benefits in alcohol you know I still I still had some cravings I still you know my body still was telling me yes you want you want to drink but my but my brain really rewired quite fast so it's it's yeah but I, I also knew I needed support so interesting I mean at the end of that month I signed up for the intensive, which I had thought was too expensive. I decided, well, actually, this is priceless, this freedom. So um, I did I did want that ongoing accountability. Um, and at the end of the intensive, I did the 100 days. Awesome. So that gave me seven months of of community and support and little doses of Annie Grace every morning. Um, <laughs> you became part of my morning routine, you know, as I sort of have a shower and then as I was kind of, you know, doing the things you have to do after a shower, I'd, I'd play your video. And and that was just all part of the, the support package I put around myself. It's wonderful. And then I, and then, yeah, by the end of that seven months, um, I decided um, to sign up for the coaching program. So oh, now you have clients and are helping people and paying it forward, and the ripple is going and yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's um, the whole world needs to know that you don't you don't need to be stuck in that horrible place. Mm -hmm. It's so great. So, how is it still owning um, the bar and restaurant? Um, it's it's well, I quite like not to own it, <laughs> but that's a, that's another story. Um, it's doable, it's manageable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was really, really lucky that my husband, um, once I, I think that was the other thing I, I did on the 4th of January 2019 was I stopped lying to him about what I was doing. And I sat down and I said, I have a problem mm -hmm. and I'm going to 
I'm really going to try and do something about it now and I need your support. And I literally did not go into our bar for months. He completely protected me. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to watch people drinking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by the time I got to, I don't know, probably 19 months, I suppose, I, I could watch. No, it was, it was quicker than that, actually. I don't know. It's fine now. You know, I mean, what, what I do, what I have done is I've really um, tried to make sure we've got really good alcohol-free drinks. Um, we are, we're out in the country. So um, to get here, people have to drive. There's no public transport. Um, we've got quite strong liquor legislation in New Zealand. Um, which is completely ineffective, really, because we've got a huge drinking problem. But, um, yeah, so, so kind of my alcohol-free journey is, is, is in sync with kind of the direction, direction that society's going, in a way. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. No, I, don't, I don't have a... Don't have a problem. I have a problem with people getting drunk, but you know, I have a problem with I had that a problem with that before. I mean, that is a problem you have in a business like ours, is and you have to manage that. Um, so that's not really different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My only the, the really funny thing is that we had this really extensive um, premium wine list. We bought these really, really expensive wines that we were, um, you know, thinking that people might might want to buy by the bottle, and um, which actually never sold. And just after I stopped drinking, my husband decided that, oh, look, you know, this is a waste. We might as well just drink them. Oh, yeah. Great, you know. <laughs> Why did you wait till now? <laughs> so he's now having to wait till we have guests to. These these special wines because I'm not drinking them. Oh man. Um, So, two questions for you. First of all, um, where can people find you if they're interested to, you know, in in taking the journey further and and working with someone like yourself? Where can people find you? Um, They can find me on my website, which is www.bloomhealth.nz. Okay, awesome. And um, yeah, I, um, I'll do a free discovery call with anyone who's interested. I just love, I love helping people um, find freedom. I think it's, it is, yeah, so fantastic. Such a gift. It's wonderful. And then, um, so Lisa, if you were going to go back in time and talk to, you know, Lisa of before who felt really stuck and felt like, well, nothing's going to work anyway. Might as well just drink myself to death. What would you tell her about how it's all turned out? Uh, 
what would I say? I'd just say, um, I'd say that there's an amazing, there's an amazing life out there. And And you deserve it. You deserve it. I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to go back. I'd like to go back to the 18-year-old me who had no skills, no, no, nothing in her toolbox to deal with the stress in a, in a healthy way. Um, like I'd like to go, I'd like, I'd like to get to all those 18 year olds out there and, and say, actually, actually your brain, your, your brain is the most amazing thing. And, and you can, you can do so much mm. and numbing, numbing is never the answer. Mm. So good. And that, that if you, if you numb the bad feelings, you're numbing the good feelings too. Mm -hmm. And and the good feelings are, are so great. That's I think so that's what I'd like to say. I love that so much. It's so wonderful. Well, what a powerful and moving story. Um, so much, so much hope and and good out of you know something that was so bringing you to the depths of the whole experience, but it's really beautiful. So I appreciate you sharing it so much. Well, thank you, Annie, because I don't know where I'd be now. I really don't. You're so uh, <laughs> this part is always like, I, I appreciate that very much. I'm, I think that um, I think that you are the one to, to do the work and to turn on the videos and to show up every day and, and to do all this stuff. And, and so I think um, it's really all down to your choices, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy to play a part in, in giving information in a new way, which I think is my job. So, and I'm so happy to have the experience of just, you know, getting to know you in real life and uh, meeting you in Denver and all those sorts of things. It's been really fabulous. Yeah. Such a shame. We, we couldn't get together this year. But... <laughs> Soon enough, hopefully. Gosh. But... Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, thank you, Annie. And have a lovely day. Me too. Hi, it's Annie Grace. I wanted to interrupt this podcast, I guess the end of this podcast, to say that if you're totally serious about actually and truly and forevermore transforming a relationship with alcohol, really leaving it behind in the rear view mirror for once and forever and changing your psychology about it, we have a program called The Path that I've created specifically for you. Now, it's not for you if you're still dabbling or trying to figure out where you want to be or maybe even if you still want to moderate. All those things are fine. That's great. But if you're beyond that and you're like, no, I just want to be done with this. I'm ready to invest some time and I'm ready to just make this happen. I want the answer. I want the easy way out. Then I want you to check out Naked Mind Path 
thecoachpath.com and join us in the path where you receive coach guided and community support so that you can truly make this lasting change that you want in your life. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.